0: I am, I am so excited about this year, and I'm excited for you guys because I'm excited that we get to spend some time this week and get to introduce, reintroduce to you Jesus Christ in maybe a way that, that you've never thought about before. We all know He's our Savior. We all know He's our Redeemer, but we all have these challenges that take place inside of our life, and I want you to know Jesus Christ is greater. He's greater. John introduces Christ in a way that nobody else does in the scripture. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If there was just one name, one word that God could share with all of mankind, it would be this Jesus Christ. Jesus. That's the name. And you know, names matter. I don't know if you've ever thought much about it, but names matter. I grew up in a home that my dad enforced on us that names matter. Every time we went out on a date, one of the things my dad would say to us is he would say, son, don't do anything to hurt the name. I hated it when he did that. It ruined most of my plans. But he taught me early on in life, names matter. matter. Names matter and there is no name more powerful than Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 2 Paul says God gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love that passage. Names matter. In the beginning was thunder. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ. And I know at times we turn and and and, and I and I'm gonna contradict Jerry just a little bit when he said that we don't live in the age of miracles we may not live in the age where we see people walking on water but folks we live in the age where when our knees hit the floor and we offer God in prayer he hears our prayer and God still intervenes and acts in the affairs of men today if he doesn't there's no reason for us to pray but we pray because God still acts today and when Jesus Christ comes And He comes into your life. He doesn't keep us from the pain and the sorrow of life. He joins us in the pain. As the great I Am. As Jehovah God. And the I Am is just as relevant today. That's a bad place to be. The I Am is just as relevant today as he was in the past his name is Emmanuel God with us God with you what would happen if we saw people the same way that Jesus Christ saw people what would happen in our world there's a phrase that seems to be used over and over again and one of the common phrases that's used in all of the gospel is best illustrated in Matthew 9 verse 36 where it says when he saw the crowd he had compassion on them because they were harassed helpless like sheep without a shepherd You see, Jesus didn't see people as inconvenient. He saw them as priceless, as precious. Christ cared for people. That's not right. Christ cares for people. And Jesus Christ pours hope and relief into the lives of people every day. Recently I was looking around on YouTube and I came across a video that that I thought I just have to share with everybody. There was a man talking about a story of, of a time that he had been to the airport. He had gone, his name is Ryan, and he had gone to the airport on Christmas Eve. And he knew everybody would be traveling on Christmas Eve. So he got there four hours early because he thought he's going to take him a couple hours to get through. He likes to get a little refreshment before he gets on the plane. But when he showed up that Christmas Eve, and it happened to be a Sunday night, when he showed up that Christmas Eve, he said the airport was empty. He said it only took me 30 minutes to get through TSA. And I went through and now I have three and a half hours. What am I going to do? He said I know what I'm gonna do I love coffee I'm gonna to go to the Starbucks over here and I'm gonna get me a coffee and a blueberry muffin and I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna enjoy myself for the first time in an airport in years and so he goes over to the, to the Starbucks and he's there and and he's looking at all of the choices and he gives his choice to the barista he, he tells this lady he says I, I would like a caramel latte mocha and she says I bet you want whipped cream on that too, don't you? And he goes, "Well, yes, ma'am, I do." And since it's the holidays, I bet you want some little nutmeg sprinkled on top of it, don't you? Why, why yes, I do. And she says, "Oh, well, why are you traveling? Are you are you traveling on business?" He goes, "No, I'm going home. Where do you go home to? Where? Oh, my home's in Cincinnati, and I'm just flying home." And she said, "Well, do you have any special holiday?" rituals that your family goes through do you have things how do y'all open presents? and she said this woman in the midst of an airport with nobody else in the cafeteria in the, in the in the restaurant there she began this conversation with me and she started talking to me as she's whipping up and and doing all kinds of things and making this cup of coffee for me and he said and by the time that by it was over she knew the names of my mom and my dad and my wife and my children she even knew the present I had bought my wife how we were gonna open the presents All of, it's not me, I'm just standing still. All of the rituals that their family goes through, and and he said, after I got, when I finally got my cup of coffee and I took it, I thought, that's the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. And he said, I've got to go back and tell her. And he goes back to the lady and he says, Ma'am, I don't know what you did, but you pour the best cup of coffee I've ever had. And she goes, Oh, sir, I don't pour coffee. I try to pour happiness into the lives of every person who steps up here. I love that. Shouldn't that describe a child of God? We should be pouring hope and relief and in Christ into the lives of people. We need to be relational and intentional and getting and sharing with them Jesus Christ and talking to them and looking them in the eye and seeing them the way that Christ saw them, not as an inconvenience, a person that we need to serve and give on and serve and get on and serve and get on so I can get about the important thing, my life. We need to begin to see people as priceless and worth the price that Jesus Christ paid for them. He didn't pay more for them than they're worth. He paid exactly what they're worth. From the man who's the CEO of the largest corporation to the fellow who sits on the street hopeless. Every one of them is worth the price of the Son of God. And we as his ambassadors here on this earth, we need to be showing the heart of God to our world. In John 2, the passage that that I've been assigned, we see a great picture of the heart of Christ. And as I began to read this passage in John chapter 2, I saw it in a way that I had never seen it before. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to John chapter 2. I want to read verses 1 through 11 to you. It says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why are you involving me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servant, Do whatever he tells you. I want to stop right there. I love this story because Jesus has a Jewish mother. And she acts just like a Jewish mother. It's it's not my time yet. Y'all do what he says. And she just goes right on through. He continues on in verse 6. Nearby stood six stone jars the kind that are used by the Jews for ceremonial washing each holding from 20 to 30 gallons Jesus said to the servants fill the jars with water so they filled them to the brim then he told them now draw some of it out and take it to the master of the banquet they did so and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine he didn't realize that it had come where it had come from and the servant who had drew the water knew And they called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This is the first of the miraculous signs that Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. The first thing that John wants you to know about Jesus Christ is that He is the Word of God and that He's become flesh. The first thing John wants you to know about Christ is this. Hang on. Christ cares for you. Even the inconvenient and embarrassing things about you. You see, I've always looked at John chapter 2 and I've wondered, what does this talk about? And you turn and you get Jim McGuigan's book and you go, is this alcohol or not? Folks, I want you to know the account of the water to wine has nothing to do with alcohol. It has everything to do with a young man and a heart of Jesus Christ. You see, when faced with the greatest embarrassment that this young man could have probably ever faced in his life, They're there at the wedding banquet and they're starting to run out of refreshments. What's he going to do? It's the groom's family's job. This reflects on what kind of provider he's going to be. He's facing the greatest embarrassment he could ever face. You and I would look at it and say, that's not a big deal. There's people in ICU, there's people that are sick. Jesus is going to come across people that are lame and people that are blind. But for this young man at this point in his life, this is the greatest challenge he's faced in his humiliation and he's, he's facing all kinds of ridicule. And Jesus pours rescue and relief. Into the heart of this young bridegroom. I love that. I love that. The people were amazed at his miracle. That's not what amazes me. You want to know what amazes me in this? I'm amazed at the compassion of Christ. And the very first thing that John wants you to know about Jesus after you find out that he is the word of God. He is Elohim. He is creator and nothing was created that wasn't created by him. The first thing that John wants you to know about this word from God is this. He cares for you. He cares for you. Even those things that nobody else thinks are important but you do. Christ cares for you. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. You see, the compassion of Christ is overwhelming. We see it on display all of the way through the ministry and the life of Christ. You're going to see it, this whole encampment as the the speakers stand up here. You're going to see the heart of compassion for Christ. When he comes across the woman at the well in Sychar, the Samaritan woman who's come out at the middle of the day probably because she's an outcast, she's had five husbands, she's living with somebody that's not her husband, and she comes out there, and what does Jesus do? To a Samaritan woman, somebody a Jew shouldn't talk to, that they should think of as a dog and an outcast because they don't have the true faith, and they only have half a soul. What does Jesus do? Jesus begins a conversation with her. When he sees a man laying at the pool of Bethesda, he goes up to him and says, Do you want to be made well? When he sees the blind man, he asks him, Do you you want to see? And Jesus makes mud and put it in his eyes. And the young man who was born blind is now able to see. A woman is brought to him in John chapter 8, caught in the act of adultery. And the only person on the face of this earth that has the right to condemn her Is the one who rescues her. And all of the way through the ministry of Jesus Christ. You see a compassionate heart. Not a judgmental heart. Because John 3.16. We all know the passage. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. But sometimes we forget verse 17. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. Christ's ministry was not a ministry of a pointed finger, but of open arms. You get to see his compassion. And the compassion of Christ is overwhelming. It's seen not in his words, but also in his life. And so as we begin this journey this weekend, I'm excited for you. Because you're going to hopefully, will open up. Stories that you're familiar with and teach them in ways that you'll begin to see the heart of Christ in maybe a way you've never seen it before. And you'll begin to understand that He cares for you. I don't think you heard what I said. We're going to be able to see Christ cares for you. The rest of the world may look at you, and you may even look at yourself in the mirror. And under your breath, or in the secret of your heart, you may be saying, unworthy, broken, damaged, but Christ says, redeemed. Christ says, precious, priceless. Christ cares for you. My question is this. Do you believe that? Jesus Christ, the Word of God. His very first miracle shows us the direction of his life. He cares for you. Even in your in convenient embarrassments.